to wonder about where we go when we pass. And just the thing of it is, is that you don't go anywhere. Because there is no place to go. There is nothing to, to do. There is you know, only the reality. And in the reality, there isn't any real you know, vertical or lateral movement. There's just a change in perspective. It's change in consciousness. It's not anything beyond, it's not anything more magnificent, nor is it anything more <laughs> unmagnificent, nor is it, it's, it's both gorgeous, profound, and yet the most simplistic thing at the same time. Because there is, in reality, no place to, to go, you know, to go means that there is, there's something else, and that there isn't anything else, there's, you know, we are living in what is, in verity, or whatever you might want to call it. You know, we, we're, we're already here. We have a conscious experience within it. So there's nothing, nothing, you know, that, that, that really transforms other than the conceptual. And conceptualization, as we've seen, is an orientation. Um, it's a point to where we see things as, you know, this way or that. Um, but that is not what it is. What it is, is something that permeates every single aspect of reality, and it's really only our perspective that changes. So, um, you know, when, when we wonder about what happens when we pass, there, it's not like we go anywhere, it's, it's that our consciousness, or the thing that holds our consciousness in, our conscious experience on an individual level, that thing changes, that thing transforms, that thing opens, maybe. Um, none of these words, of course, are adequate to describe exactly what it is. Um, of course, because, uh, again, Opens, changes. These are these are concept. These are words that have, you know, some sort of, of conceptual attachment to them, uh, based on you know the meanings that, that we've ascribed through our own experiences. So they don't have um, a reality in the way that we think that they do. But to our conceptual minds, um, it's the closest thing that we have as, or they are the closest thing that we things that we have as descriptors. So, um, again, it's the perspective, it's the prospectus that, that <laughs> again, it's not adequate, but opens. Um, in reality, 
do we become closer to what is? Well, that that depends again on perspective. And perspective, it can be individual. It, it is to us in this physical world uh, clearly individualistic, um, but it doesn't always have to be. And in death, from the physical, that is in the perishing of the physical, in the freeing. Uh, of ourselves from the physical. And it's funny that, you know, we talk about death as something that we, that we know of. Um, because death is a freeing of that conscientious experience which we're oriented towards. Death is the, the release of all that we know. Death is is the shedding of that skin, that conscious skin that we hold ourselves within. It's the transformative. It's the transformation. It's, you know, this is why the Christ figure is so important, right? Because in Christ, there is the, the transformation, and the transformation happens in, in death, right? we become a part of the eternal. However, we're already part of the eternal in life. I mean, that, that we already feed into that, and that feeds into that, uh, to us, and, and that will be explored uh, more so in, in, in non-jectivity. Um, because there's that continual reciprocation, uh, that, that continual release of and, and empty, that canonic movement. In death, there really is no transformation um, of anything other than. I mean, and again, so, so the original point was that we talk about so many of the religions talk about death as a, as if they know exactly what happens. Well, that's impossible because their perspective changes, right? Um, your conscientious. I mean, all we can know is that consciousness continues, and we can know that consciousness continues, um, because consciousness is a happening um, that it is something which is eternal, it is part of reality. Um, so we can either shut it out, or you know, become all the more involved in it, and we, we, and that that is a choice. And some of us, and I, I know, I mean, I, what what death is is a release. It is a letting go of all that we know. Uh, it is a letting go of all attachment, all attachment, everything that we have a relation to as an individual. It, that all goes away. That's what death is. That's what it is. From the way we orient ourselves physically to the environments of the phenomena around us to our thoughts to our subjective notions to our experiences all of those things are released, let go cast away.
Um, and we have something that we are unbound to. We have quite possibly a, a direct access. Death is a funny bedmaiden. It's, it's a funny bedfellow, I should say. Um, because it is so mysterious. It is the complete unhinging of ourselves. The return. Um, when we're freed, you know, when we're freed from the physicalities, what's left, what's there? We have to, we have to really look at that. You know, some people think, well, I'm knocked unconscious. There's nothing. I experience nothing. Or when I'm, you know, put out. Well, that's that's your senses tied to your mind, responding to. Excuse me. That's your mind responding to, you know, your sensory perception of of what is. Um, and of course, your mind in a physical world is is hinged to and contingent upon the physical senses for a conscious experience. However, what happens when there is no mind, uh, physical, um, you know, permeation, there is no physical manifestation that interacts with phenomena and permeates um, a, a subjective experience, so to speak, an individual um, interaction with things. What, what, what happens then? Well, we're unbound, you know, you get knocked out, you get hit on your head, you know, you're bound by your, your neural receptors, right? You're bound by your brain activity um, because you are con continuously, conscientiously experiencing things through those physical elements. However, again, let's not forget that consciousness itself is part of the universe. And this is where reality is made to be proven real, is that consciousness is. Again, Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. Fuck fucking Descartes. You don't need... To, to you know to know that, that there's you have a thought because your thoughts are all screwed up you are conscious he, what he should have said is I am conscious therefore it is and I am a part of it and that is true that is extraordinarily true because we are a part of the is of reality we are aware of it, and consciousness itself is a happening. Without consciousness, there is no happening. We, we have to understand that. The happening must be experienced by. Phenomena cannot get away from consciousness. You know, even our modern sciences, which I hold very little stock in back this point up, which actually makes me rather nervous. The quantum mechanics tends to support this claim. 
that without the phenomena, or excuse me, without the conscious experience, the phenomena tends not to exist. Now, you know, in a way that's welcome news, in a way it is most unwelcome because of our absolute neophetic nature regarding our scientific um, capabilities. And I don't care what is really out there. It, scientifically, it doesn't touch reality. Science can never touch reality. It just, it just can't do it. Because reality is something apart from... Oh, you can end the sentence there. It is apart from... And yet... It is. It, it is the mother of. And yet apart from. Because... It is apart from because our experiences are within conception. So it can't be accessed through words and, and you know, the descriptors that we use to talk about our experiences or about our you know, pontification thoughts about you know, phenomena itself. It, it, it's, it's inadequate. It's less than inadequate. It doesn't matter how far, again, our, our technology advances. It's next to reality. There, there is no comparison. Because anything that advances, what, you have to ask yourself, what is it advancing toward? Where is it going? If technology keeps getting higher and higher and more and more, if if that means that consciousness itself is expanding. What is it expanding into? have to ask ourselves. The answer, the simple and the true answer, is that it's reaching closer and closer towards a truth, towards reality, towards what is. But that reality can't be obtained through the conscious experience that uh, the capacity, the faculties that, that we possess. Just, which is why the shedding of conceptualization is of such paramount importance. We experience death physically. All of this drops away. When we experience a life under conception, we experience our own egos, relations, and perceptions of conscious experience. That's all we're experiencing. That's all, that's, that's all we're perceiving. We're per 
what we have is a perception within phenomena, an individualistic perception within phenomena. It's not a true experience because it is so individualized. Because it is so one-sided. As I speak, there are over 7 billion people on this planet alone. That's 7 billion different types of human consciousness. Not even, it doesn't even span the, the consciousness of all mammals. Much less the, the intelligent consciousness of so many other life forms. So we have to understand what, what it is that we're talking about, which is why we led a philosophical war, at least the major battle, why, why we attack language, because we don't know what we are talking about when we talk about things. There's a Raymond Carver story, it's gorgeous. And yet it's crude, and it's ugly, and it's satirical almost in a way. It's, it's pointing a gross, bent finger at humanity in the modern era. And asking it to, to look at itself. The story is called What We Talk About When We Talk About Love. And the entire meaning is contained within the title. So we don't know what the fuck we talk about when we talk about not just love, basically anything. We all have different interpretations of every word that we use because of all of our different experiences. And we, we have a common language, but we don't have a common understanding. We have a common being, but we, we don't have a common love, and a, a, a common empathy, a common comprehension uh, of what we are, of who we are, who we are not. Really, what it boils down to is what we are, because in the what, there lies all the answers. The what is the who. The what tells us and informs the who. The who is just a manifestation of a bunch of different what's, a bunch of different formations, a bunch of different Things we ascribe to, things we aspire to, things we try and be. It's not an is. It's not an is. We are trying to be the what. The who is always trying to be the what. It's not even always trying to be. It is the what in a who form. I don't mean to sound Dr. Susie on us.
but that's what ha what is happening. Again, as who's the who is informed by the what? The what is the larger the larger thing? It is so much larger than us. But what is those things that we ascribe to ourselves in the form of, of benevolence or good, bad, evil, mean, corrupted, malficient, seductive, graceful, handsome, pious, individual, satirical, dour, demure, philosophical, shallow, happy, lost. The what informs the who. What we are. How's Bill doing today? Well, he's sad. How's Jane? She seems contemplative. It's the what. It's the what. And when we pass, we're freed from the physical limitations of being only a certain thing. And in reality, we're always freed from the physical limitations. It's just that we so often choose to abide by the physical. Because that's all we can seem to focus on at the time. Due to our, you know, physical makeups. So. And again, we, we, we can't really speak about what death is. All that we know is that there is a consciousness. There has to be a consciousness. Has to be. None of this makes sense if there isn't. Consciousness in the first could not make sense if we had not the actuality of a zero consciousness. Consciousness must be born from, not just, you know, blank, 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 woken up, too. Must be born from. Has to be. You have to understand and see that. And so, born from, dies to, and in the interim we have whatever this is. The physical, again, it flees. The physical is always receding or 
coming into it's transparent in that way it both comes and goes at the same time it's it's not static that which isn't static can't be ultimately it can have but it can't be it can have a little here and a little there but ultimately there's no way that it is there's no way because it is not that's its very nature to be something in transition that's all it's transitive it's what it is that's the physical's nature but we are not physical beings not just physical beings anyways or more that, that's demonstrated by our consciousness consciousness though in the physical realm in physical phenomena is carried out through like all things in the physical world physical phenomenology physical mechanisms from the brain to whatever it's it's not what it is it's it's something meta it's something para it's next to it's not it's not what it is not ultimately something more, there's something bigger that informs it. And we have to acknowledge that. To recognize that. Eh, not all of us will. Shit, I, I, I barely, and not to say that I'm but in speaking about it and, and, and attempting to grasp at it I can't do it and that's just it that's just its mystery is that when you attempt to grasp it it recedes it is no longer it's not something effable it's that which as soon as it is sought out, eludes the seeker. There's something gorgeous about that. Something free. Something austere. Not quite stoic, per se. Although, not on stock. certainly not emotional but that's just it because the 
There is so much emotion within it. You know, I, I've never bought this line of thought that the way itself is somehow emotionless. Can't be. Can't be. Emotion is everything. It's the raw. It's that rawness that we experience when we have subjective interactions. So it is important at the same time extraordinarily individualistic and that which is individualistic doesn't last because the individual relations we have they go away and again that's what death is the receding the lacking of attachment to we're unbounded in death at least unbounded by the physicalities the, the physical phenomena so there are no physicalities left So what is there? It's oceanic reality that we can choose to accept or regress back into this, this conceptual form of self versus phenomena. we do in quote-unquote life if we acknowledge death at every moment? What could we do in life if we acknowledge death at every moment? How free would we become? Where would our ambitions lie? What falsehoods would we spew? There's nothing to be gained by focusing on momentalism and life that which is the relation to the self that's what we are defining life as a conjunction of interrelations to the individual
what if our perspective broadened? What would happen? What would we see? What would we do? What would we be? The answer is within you, within us. depending on what our realities are. What we make reality to be. In death, what we call death, we cast those things away. But that which is never affords us the same treatment 